Wait, what? Wait, what? We're on? We're live? Hey, you. Hey, you. How goes it? How's it going? Oh, look at that. Look at that jinx. Hey, oh, let me let me do not disturb. Oh. Yes, sir. Ditto. Oh, let me low power mode. Oh, that's no good. I'm at fifty five percent. We'll be all right. Mm. You crazy <laughs> kids and your refusal to charge your phone. You what, know it's you, okay to oh, do yeah, this. No, your phone's at a hundred percent all the time, isn't it? Well, not all the time. I mean, but uh-huh. like a lot of the time, it is right now. Because while I was napping, guess where my phone was? Plugged oh, up. it must be nice to take a nap. Some of us have been at work since seven in the morning, and have only been home for twenty minutes. Well, for those twenty minutes, where was your phone? On the damn charger. <laughs> okay. Well, you're in, you're in the process. But right now, while you're you, I don't. When you're using your phone, boys uh-huh. and girls, you can still plug in your phone. I can't because I speak to you on iPhone or on headphones that take up my charging jack. Oh, one of the. Uh-huh. Malfunctions of the eye people. <laughs> eye Luckily, people this aren't basically to charge in. <laughs> Luckily, this basically just operates like a um, uh, phone call, and so when I put it in low power mode, like last week, I think when we did a sports show, I was at like twenty one percent battery. We were on there for about like an, I think an hour. And then I believe that I, um, I, uh, sorry, Binks is being stupid. I was at 18% by the time we got back. So put myself in low power mode and I'm just chatting with you and I have do not disturb going on. I don't use much, much power at all. So it's not to be God, That you would even risk the biscuit. <laughs> that you would even <laughs> risk it like that. I'm, I'm just, just, I just bored. wasn't worried about it, you know? Goodness. Crazy millennials. I, I don't understand. <laughs> don't understand. Anyway, David, how was your week? Ugh. That's your answer. That's how my week's been. Um, it's been a chaotic... It's been a chaotic week. Work has been frustrating, to say the very least. Um... I still, I really do think I'm sick with something. I'm still, I'm just so freaking tired every day. Just tired every day, man. Um, yesterday I worked from seven to five, which is a ridiculous shift, but that's every day of my life now. And uh, I um, get home and I'm so freaking tired. I just lay in bed from like, uh, what time would it have been? I laid in bed from probably 5.40 to about 7.30. Door dashed some food because no way was I cooking. Um, woke up, ate the food when it got delivered, and then probably about 8.30 went right back to bed and slept until this morning. And then I get home and I'm like, yeah, I got some decent energy now. I'm feeling, I'm feeling okay, whatever. Um, 
cooked myself dinner today and then ate that. Um, tried to watch like 30 minutes of TV and then was so tired. I tried to nap, but my body never lets me nap. So I just laid in bed sleepy until it was time to podcast with you. I was freaking tired, man. Just doesn't matter what I do. I just can't. I don't know what's going on. But I have a doctor's appointment scheduled for Tuesday. Lord Good. knows I hate the doctor. Um, but I hate feeling like this even more. And so it is worth it. It is worth it. It is worth it. Well, I'm hoping that the doctor can figure some things out. And uh, as a result, you're able to get rest. Get back to at least some sense of normal. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know if it's some, like, <laughs> extreme depression going on. I don't feel all that depressed or anything like that. I really don't. But, God, man, I'm just tired. Like, there's no escaping it. I'm just tired. doesn't matter what I do. It's exhausted. It sounds like, like <sighs> a, it's, a, it's a physical thing. It's not necessarily a mental thing. I think yeah. this, this sounds like a physical thing. Maybe some ailments is as we age you know our body does do different things and uh there are different there are all kinds of stuff out there that will cause like fatigue on your body because uh-huh. you feel that this tiredness stuff through a lot of that uh so i get that i really do get where you're coming from why you get you know that feeling that you're feeling because that's a lot of my life, and I take a lot of different pills to help try to take that better. But uh, I, get it. I get it. Yeah. So it has not been fun. I mean, really, I don't even have much. I didn't really have much going on this week. I was just worked and was tired. <laughs> I can't even. Well, I mean, I can't exaggerate. I didn't do really anything at all. Well, just tried to sleep. So that's that's you, but that's not the update that America wants to know about. The good Canadians want to know about how are how's Binks and Sasha. Oh fuck these damn cats, dude! <laughs> I'm finding I'm finding Binks a house that likes him. I'm not gonna take him to the shelter. I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna find a friend that wants a cat, and his ass is out of here. <laughs> And so he's he he can stay as a guest for now, and then once I find a friend with a nice little household with a bunch of cute little kitties who want to play and want to be friends, oh, he's gone so fast. It, it ain't funny. You ain't gonna hear the name Binks for the rest of my lifetime. As soon as I'm able to make wow. that happen. Wow. <laughs> This makes me feel like all kind of ways about Sasha. Like I can never respect Sasha. I think you should really stop hating on Sasha. I don't think that's very fair. How's this fair to Binks? How is it fair to Sasha? Sasha is the one who's being unreasonable in this entire situation. Uh, No, Binks is extremely aggressive and Binks needs to go. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I like know you're not even about, like you're right? like you like you're like you're not even here. So don't act like you see how my cats act twenty four seven. Binks is like a little asshole who attacks my cat any chance he gets, and he follows her everywhere. 
and he corners her and he chases her. And anytime she's in a litter box, he's got her cornered. And anytime she's trying to eat, he's right behind her watching. And anytime she goes and tries to go into the bedroom to come see me, he attacks her, literally attacks her. Drew blood the other day. I almost thought I had to take her to the emergency bed. Drew blood the other day from her neck. So I don't want to hear all poor binks when my cat is literally bleeding from being attacked. So it's because Binks is black. Y'all know that, right? Okay. All right. What, how was your recording? <laughs> I'm messing with you. You calm down. But I you don't, like, I'm not trying to be oversensitive, I but I don't find it overly funny when my, my cat's literally bleeding. I, I'm not joking about the matter. You I hear I mean? you. I hear you. I don't mean I to be know. oversensitive, but it was a pretty freaky situation to come home and my cat's laying in the kitchen with a little pool of blood around her. I don't, I don't, I don't play with it. I'm just like surprised that you haven't put Binks out already. Like what, I mean, at I this had, point, what is the delay? Because I don't want, I don't want to take him back to the shelter. And so I'm just kind of keeping them semi-separated and just trying to find him home. I don't know what caused it. And I mean, when Katie came over and looked at it with me, her bites weren't suit. Like the marks weren't super deep. And so we don't know if he was just because I was able to contact the old um, owner of his. I really like when I looked at his paperwork, um, I realized that it, it said who used to own him. And so I just went and I uh, um, like Facebooked her. I asked her. And she was like, oh, yeah, she, she was like, he is an absolute dick to my cat. My cat just beat his ass. And then he stopped. And then they got along really well. But Sasha won't beat his ass. Sasha won't. Sasha just freaks out and cowers. And so he does whatever. But she was like, I never saw him be outwardly aggressive. She was like, I just don't think he knows how to play with other cats. She was like, but with my cat, my cat just beat his ass one day when he like went after her. And then he stayed away from her for like two days. And then they were like the best of friends. But anytime he comes near Sasha, she just panics. She panics, freaks out. And so I don't like, he's not a, I don't know. It's hard to explain because he's not like a bad cat. Like he's like, you can tell he's, a, you can tell he wants to play. He likes to cuddle. He likes to be pet on. He likes to be loved on. But it ain't working for this situation, and I'm not going to come home to my cat bleeding again. Like, I, I'm very sensitive about my Sasha. He's <laughs> my baby. So I'm just not I – don't, I don't know. I don't want to say he's some terrible, awful cat. I just, I just don't think it's right for my situation, and frankly, I'm over it. Like, I literally – he, like, comes to, like, love on me, and I'm just like, mm, mm. <laughs> I'm just like, I don't even want to, like <laughs> – yeah, I don't know, man. It was a uh, it was a weird situation, but I mean, Katie's like, I think you're overreacting. Like, my cats fight, and sometimes there's blood. It just is what it is. They're animals. They have sharp teeth. They have sharp claws. They're gonna fight. I'm like, bitch. He's ble- She's bleeding. She's like, they're animals. They're gonna bleed. They're gonna fight. They have teeth. They have nails. They have claws. I don't like it. I just don't like it. I don't like it. I don't need this in my life. It's stressful. I don't want this in my life. So I'm going to find him a nice little home to go to. I'm not going to put it back in the shelter. He's going to go to a nice household and he's getting the fuck out of mine because I'm over it. I can't do it. I just, I can't, I can't do it. Okay. That's America's upgrade. Now you may make any, it's because he's black jokes you'd like. Now I'm opening the table for you to make whatever jokes you'd like, but. I'm over it. I'm over it. (laughs) Fine. <laughs> you know, get straight. Corbinks. Just, I, I just, 
as well just, just kick him to the curb. If you're going to kick him to the curb, kick him to the curb. Like, what are you waiting for? Because nobody's going to be like, oh, yeah, I'll take your overly aggressive cat. Yeah, sure. Like, if you don't <laughs> want him, don't, don't keep him. Just get rid of his ass and let him go on and, and make him, like, a non-stop anymore. I mean, yeah, you don't think I should try at least find a home for him instead of taking him Why back to the you shelter? Can't? You've already been like, I don't, you know, F this cat. F the cat did. Just <laughs> let him go. If it's like that, just let him go. Go on with your life. Because <laughs> I feel bad, man. Uh, yeah, that's why you can't have it both ways. Either, either I you, either. I mean, this is this is the part that makes it just ridiculous. Go ahead, you're good. Either, Go ahead. either, <laughs> either, either the cat is cool or the cat is not cool. And so it sounds like the cat is not cool. So stop being, stop making the cat feel cool. Like, let him go. Just let him go. It's not he's not your responsibility anymore. Just let him go. Take him back to the shelter, like immediately. And let him start the process of finding a new life. And, like, make sure that, you know, when you take him back and tell them, you like, you've got to tell people this is a, an aggressive cat. He has yeah. a problem with other cats. He is he is overly playful. So that the next home he goes to, they're ready for that. Yeah. But don't delay the inevitable. Just do it. Take off the band-aid. If that's what it is, if that's what it is, you know, then that's what it is. I know. I just, I don't know. I just feel terrible. Like I adopted the cat and I'm just like, man, I, I feel like I'm obligated to at least try to find it a home at the very least. No, Maybe I'm off. You're, I don't, you're I don't not. Know, but I just, you're not. If it, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Yeah. If it doesn't work. It doesn't work. If that cat. <laughs> yeah, he's so cute for the pictures, though. Honestly, yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh-uh. See, I see. It was uh-uh. a Quit joke. it. I literally Quit just said it. I'm playing. Quit it. Make <laughs> you feel for the cat, then you realize, like, no, uh, uh-uh. uh, screw that cat. Oh, but he's so wonderful. But I hate him. Like, no, no, no. I, I don't want. I don't want him here. I just don't want to take him. I'd rather. I mean, like, I'd rather. I, I just don't. I don't want him yeah, here. It, but I'd rather just find sense. him. A, I'd rather just find him a home and then get rid of him rather than take him to the shelter. And God knows how long he's going to be there. You literally don't have time for that. <laughs> You're already talked about being exhausted. You're working these ridiculous shit. Like you literally. Don't have time for that. I've been I've been asking around. <laughs> You've been asking, boy. I swear, I just slap you through the phone right now. You <laughs> can care. hear it in your voice. You frustrated <laughs> F out of me. I know <laughs> I do. Get rid of the cat. I know, but the, even then, even then, I'm not even kidding you. So, like, I was like, you know what? I can't like when I came home and there was a blood. I was like, you know what? I can't take this anymore. I was like, he's going back to the shelter tomorrow. And well, then you know they had that stupid two day rule. So I call her. 
She's like, no, sir, we can't take the cat back tomorrow, but we can take him back Wednesday, right? So I, would, I called him on Monday. Um, but I work goddamn seven to five. I can't get to the shelter because they're only open from 10 to three. So it's like every fucking day I work, I'm there. I'm, I'm at work before 10. I'm out off past three or before three. So it's just, it's been a lot. It's been a lot. Well, when I, I was you are ready the, to take his ass. You are the boss and you can make your schedule, make it make sense. See, you everyone loves to say that. Like my mom loves to say that. My mom loves to say that. My friends love to say that. That is not the reality of the situation. I don't just get to make my schedule willy-nilly. It's not how it works. It's not how it works. Why not? Make that because, make sense. Because I well, I wish it did. Because I'm obligated to be at the store um, when the store needs me. And if the store needs me from 7 to 5, then I'm obligated to be there from 7 to 5. Now, could I go to the manager on shift or whatever and be like, yo, I got this going on. I need to bounce at 1 today so I can drive to Odessa or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Yes. But this week, no, it's not happening. Could I do it next week? Yeah. Am I probably going to try to arrange on the schedule where I can? Yeah. But this week, hey, hey, it's not happening. For extenuating circumstances, there's no me getting out of work early this week. That's just that's just not happening. But if you have this cat, if you have this cat next week, I'm cussing you out. I'm using all the words. (laughs) I'm cussing (laughs) you out. I'm just letting you know that right now. If you still have this cat, I'm cussing you. But I could just tell you I don't have the cat. Yeah, I would know. I would know. (laughs) You'll get a little know. like um, you'll get like a, uh, a send off picture from me whenever I uh, send his don't ass. do that because that's just me. <laughs> Cut the cord, rip off the bed day, but don't be like, oh, this is the saddest day of my life. Oh no, I don't feel I don't feel that I don't feel that way at all. Like I, he's a sweet little cat, he's fine. I don't, he ain't for me. I don't, the situation has like had me so just, I'm over it. <laughs> I'm over it. I'm over it. I'm over it. No, I'm good. You're not going to get that. Yeah, this was such a sad situation. Oh my God. No, <laughs> no, no, I'm good. F I'm that cat. It. F <laughs> that cat. Um, I'm over it. I don't understand. I just, yeah, I don't know. It's frustrating. It's been a frustrating experience. I don't. I don't know. It's been a frustrating time. Sometimes that's how it goes. Just sometimes. Sometimes, not always. Sometimes. <laughs> How's your week? This was a good week. Always busy. I feel I listen back to some of our podcasts. I always answer that question with busy. <laughs> I was yeah, really you do. busy. <laughs> <laughs> so this week is is no different. It was a busy week, but it was a good busy week. Uh I will just start off with what every you know, the the things everybody wants to talk about. The band's world. Band oh, update, band tour. So this was area week. This was the week where it all went down to decide who is going to San Antonio, Texas to the UIL State 6A marching contest. 
And uh, now the state is every year. Um, it's broken up. The state weekend is broken up into two weekends. So there's the six A's, the four A's, and the two A's. It's like the even the even A's are this time around uh, for for this week. And then next week, like an area, will be um, the odd numbers, five, mm-hmm. three, and one. So uh, big weekend, you know, for the six A's. Uh, they made us go all the way to El Paso, Texas. And this was at Socorro ISD's athletic complex. And the whole thing, the parking lot of the whole thing is under construction. And so, anyway, we leave on Friday. So none of the area high schools, like in District 26A football, none of the bands were at a game. So I hope that fans of football have a new appreciation of the band and what the band does because they got silent football for the first time in a very long time. Um, mm-hmm. There were no bands anywhere the day the bands were gone. And uh, I heard people saying that it was really weird. It was it made halftime seem super extra long, uh, that the cheerleaders all did the best that they could. <laughs> but at the same time, it's just like, you know, kids jumping up and down on the field. And, you know, how entertaining could that be after a while? And so... Uh, uh, you know, all the bands were gone, but, you know, uh, we were in El Paso and in our hotels, in our hotel, um, you know, as the game was going on. And so, you know, a lot of us, all these games are, are online now. You can find it. Every school has their own little little TV network thing. So I was looking at this Permian Sports Network. While it didn't have sound, that was that was the interesting thing. The game was being broadcast, but it had no sound and no commentary. Um, yeah, it was really – it was strange. So, But, you know, I don't mind that because I am my own commentary. So, uh, <laughs> You had a so world-famous call on our uh, other podcasts. That's right, you know. And so um, I'm watching – you know, just watching the game and everything. And, you know, we're trying to have meetings with the kids and, and lay down some rules and – now, these are the expectations in the hotel room. I'm watching the game on the side. Mr. Whitaker's just like asking me for updates as it's going on, as he's giving the speech. We're talking about scores and everything. Uh, Permian played friendship. Permian is on the brink of elimination from playoff contention because we once again lost the game uh, to friendship and lost, like, really depressingly, the last second field goal. Uh, lost it 46-44 in a game where, you know, we definitely feel had we been there, we would have been able to make a difference. Um, but whatever. So now it comes down to the last two games in the district where if Permian is to make the playoffs, they have to win out. That means beating San Angelo Central, who has not had a great season, and beating the currently undefeated in district Midland High Bulldogs in the final game of the regular season. So, playoff picture looks pretty bleak. 
Uh, I think they will beat Central this Friday, but after that, you know, going up against Midland High, it's going to be a daunting task in Midland, by the way. So uh, we'll Is see how that goes. team pretty good this year? Oh, yeah, absolutely. No. They, they, okay. They're undefeated in district. They have I not lost a district game here. This is the year of the dog in many ways. We'll talk about one of those ways in just a moment. So, <laughs> so um, that was Friday. You know, we're getting ready, getting prepped. Uh, we we stopped in Monahans, Texas, which is where uh, Whitaker uh, was the head band director for several years after his first job at Midland Lee at Robert E. Lee High School as an assistant. Uh, he went on to Monahan's High School and became the head director there for eight or nine years. I can't remember how long, but he was there for a little while. And this is while I was in Dallas. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm so thankful that he would have me, he would actually have me come from Dallas to come and work with his band, uh, and especially his concert bands. Um, and it, he kept me involved in the band world. Even though I had gotten out of it, um, he still he kept me involved. He kept my kept my chops, as we like to say, players and brass players and everything. Your chops. So he kept my chops going, and uh, I will always appreciate that. And I had great times in Monahans, and so it was fun being back there. We used their stadium, which is attached to their school. Their school's going under major renovations, practically brand new. So, uh, just, you know, all you Bond people were at a, another new school, um, seeing new facilities and all those type of things. Uh, had a really nice practice in their stadium. Their Monaghan's uh, band staff was there. They were very welcoming. And they had their own area contest the next day uh, in Abilene. Or, yeah, mm-hmm. it was the next day in Abilene, so. Uh, we wished them well, and, and we got on the bus, kept going, went on, came on into to El Paso. Uh, that change of time really screwed everybody up. It felt so late, but we had lost an hour, at least an hour. I don't know if we lost two hours or what. It just felt like so late. So by the time it was like 9 o'clock there, I think it was 10 or 11 here. And so it's just, I mean, we're, everybody was so tired, like so tired. You look at the clock and it's like early. We're just like, oh my God, this is awful. So the kids gladly went to sleep by 10 o'clock El Paso time. That was really late here. So their, their little body clocks were all kind of screwed up. But mm-hmm. that is part of another reason why we wanted to go ahead of time so we could get acclimated get on that time schedule because the next day, Saturday, we were going to be on that time schedule all day. So we had breakfast early, got loaded up, and uh, headed over to Pebble Hills High School, which is the newest high school in El Paso. Um, Another sparkly, shiny, brand new school. Incredible facility. The band has their own practice field. They have a uh, a gated paved field there at uh, Pebble Hills with a beautiful, wonderful, super giant tower, um, nice setup and everything. 
The only problem is, is we couldn't get we couldn't figure out how to get our oversized props into the into the building. So we had to have a final rehearsal without our props. And uh, that's not an ideal situation by any stretch because some of the work, I mean, most of the work we do involves us being around those props and having to navigate those props. So not the most ideal final rehearsal for us, but we made it work, did it anyway. Kids are used to that because uh, they do practice on, on occasion without the props. So we learned the whole thing without the props. So you know, they can do it on anything that has a as there are times. <coughs> Excuse me. So have our final practice, get dressed there at uh, Pebble Hills High School, grab a box lunch. They fed us uh, razor canes there. And, um, Heck yeah. It was good. It was good. I love um, canes. Yeah, it was good. It's all about the sauce. Let's just be oh, yeah. Well, they don't they, even season chicken, I don't think. Yeah, there was like no seasoning. Those dry as chicken strips. But you dip in the cane sauce and it's just magically delicious. And so uh, we had that. That was that was what fueled us up to the stadium. We get to the stadium. And rather than just being in the park and be able to get, out of the, get off the buses and everything and our buses still there, because the parking lot and all that area is under construction, the buses literally drove up to the front of the stadium and dropped us off. And then they left. I have no idea what happened to our buses after that. We didn't see our buses again until late, late at night when it was time to go. Wait, really? So, yes. So we literally got off the bus. And I was, it was just like, kids, you get, get everything. Get everything you need for this competition. You will not see your buses again. And I don't think they understood what, what, you know, everything for this competition meant. It meant everything. It's not like we could just, you know, call the bus and, and it's right there within walking. Like, I have no idea where in El Paso, Texas, these buses went. <laughs> but they <laughs> yeah, were like not. a little here. bus driver convention. Yeah, like way off site somewhere. You know, I had, the, I had their number and everything. And, of course, our lead driver happens to once again be like one of my really great friends, um, a former band dad, my band dad, my one of my best friends from high school's dad, uh, Mr. Cooley, Jim Cooley. Shout out to Jim. Um, you know, I've known him forever. We went cross country and took um, band equipment, drove band equipment from Midland to Washington, D.C. when I was in college. Uh, for um, the band's inaugural parade, and so uh, you know, I, I love Jim. That's he's dad number two. He's, he's a great guy. He was our lead driver, and uh, so it was just like, okay, Jim, bye. <laughs> so our nine charter buses, we we were rolling deep that day because it's a lot of band. We have a lot of band, and so. Uh, they drop us all off, and our equipment trucks, all everyone's equipment truck is staged all around this this parking lot. Those are the only things that could get into the parking lot for your equipment trucks. And we have two of them, so 
Uh, we have our two semis pulled up there and everything. And so that's where all the kids put their, their instruments because we had to – we couldn't get off the bus with just our instruments. We had to do it with cases and everything. Um, did that, put the cases down and everything. Uh, went to our little area, our little staging area and our frontline ensemble, which is the pit. Uh, they were staged there and they got to warm up there. And so – then when it was time for us to warm up, we had to walk down this deserted little road and like, there was so funny. So there, where we ended up like in warm up area C, which is the furthest warm up area away, way down this little weird street. You look on the other side of the street, there's this abandoned recliner and it's just desert land. And it's mm -hmm. just like where in the pits of hell are we? Like seriously, <laughs> El Paso, Texas, this is this is this is what we're doing right now. And so, you know, um, we just but the kids are focused. Like there was this recliner over there. I didn't even know it was there because I was just so laser focused on what we were trying to do. So we're warmed up, we're warming up and everything. And the way we we break up into warm up is uh, we have a director who's in charge of brass. We have a director who's in charge of woodwinds. Uh, we have a director in charge of percussion. And then the head director is just floating around and kind of troubleshooting and doing all the things, which is great for him. Jeff Whitaker is the most hyper person I've ever known in my life. He always has been. He's toned down considerably in his older age. But uh, he's just a, he's a pacer. You know, he's one, you know, those people who can't be still and have a phone conversation, just sit. He has to be up moving around. And this is always, he's just always on the go. He's so hyperactive, um, which is, you know, part of, I think part of he and I's dynamic is because we're so polar opposite. I'm Mr. Chill, calm down, <laughs> laid back. And he's Mr. Go, go, go you know, hyper energy all the time. And so, uh, you know, he gets to go bounce around and, and go to the different areas and make sure everything's okay, and do all the troubleshooting and communications. Um, I'm with the Woodwinds team uh, because all of, like, everyone on our staff are brass players with the exception of the one Woodwind teacher. And so while I'm not a Woodwinds guy, I am a band guy, and so I know, I know both sides of the whole thing. And uh, especially with the low reads. So I work over there with the woodwinds. We get them all warmed up and ready to go. And they go through their choreography. And, you know, we do all the practice stuff. And then we line up and get ready. We've got to hike up a mile because everything is El Paso. So everything is on a mountain. The whole thing is up and down mountain. So we're just up and down. So I have to go up this mountain to get to the gate. We go down into the stadium. I mean, my God, my calves at the end of this <laughs> just like, like, wow, like, whoa. Um, so, and I hatched, a, I hatched a couple of eggs. I play Pokemon Go, so I can't, I hatched a couple I, you of You play eggs. Pokemon Go? Yeah, I've always, I've played Pokemon I Go. I didn't know that about you. Yeah, yeah, I play Pokemon <laughs> Go, I know. One of those weird, weird facts that you would not know about me, but yeah, I do play Pokemon Go. I love that. Um, <laughs> so if I'm ever somewhere just randomly just on my phone, 
you see me like aggressively swiping on my phone, it's because I'm playing Pokemon Go. <laughs> That's awesome. And so uh, I thought you were. Anyway. Uh, I thought you were talking to the community when you were doing that. Oh no! 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 <laughs> oh, different. Different type of swipe. Um, <laughs> uh, so we go into the stadium and. In, I can't remember who's in front of who played before us in prelims. But we go into the stadium and everything gets set up and everything. You know, I'm doing my walkthrough of the band as I always do. And I'm just like, and I always tell them, today is a good day to mojo. It's like, can you smell that in the air? That's mojo. Go oh, out there my. and mojo. And the kids are just like, yeah, yeah. Let's mojo. Get hyped up that way. Let's go and mojo. That, that's what we do. It's mystique. It's who we are. Let's go Mojo. Uh, so we go out in prelims and have just a fantastic prelims performance. It was it was really, really good. One of those where after it was over, the directors, we all felt really good and positive about it. The kids felt great about it. Um, you know, life was good. Life was good. So we wait. We make our way into the stadium after a while, just in time for the announcements. Uh, there was a, a a performance by the the UTEP University of Texas El Paso minor band. Uh, mm. They performed and did uh, did their whole little show and recruitment spill. It was really good, really nice. Uh, anyway, then we wait for the results. And what they do is they do the top seven band. First, everybody gets their participation trophy, so they call out everybody, all 15 bands in the, in the tent. And so, you know, they have all the drum majors go down there and uh, call them all out, and all the drum majors do their little salute and everything, get their, their thanks for being here trophy. <laughs> and they announce. I mean, that's literally what it is, the thanks for being I'm here. I'm not hating <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, then they tell you in no particular order the seven bands advancing to uh, the finals. And uh, basically, these are the seven bands that are now going to be in contention to go to state. Uh, they take three. So the first part of it is in preliminaries with all 15. you got to make it to the top seven. So they announce the bands, and we hear we hear people like like Friendship. We hear El Paso Coronado. We hear Pebble Hills, um, Eastwood, East Lake, East something. One of the schools in El Paso. Uh, East Montwood, yeah, East something. Uh, Montwood, uh, Permian. Um, Midland High, and I don't know if that's seven. I don't think that's seven. Somebody else. I don't know. Irrelevant because they didn't make – they're not in the top people. Oh, Pebble Hills. <laughs> they are relevant. Sorry. They are relevant to the story. He said they are so, relevant. <laughs> <laughs> they are relevant. Uh, so, you know, so then we get the sheet. We get the breakdown of how it all really shook out. And so um, – in tied for first place in the preliminary competition was El Paso Coronado and Odessa Permian. And by judges' preference, which means that more judges ranked 
one school ahead of the other. Coronado was in first place. Permian was in second place. In third place was uh, Friendship. In fourth place was Pebble Hills. In fifth place was Midland High. And then uh, six and seven on uh, those other schools, Mountwood and East Lake or whatever. Um, but then you look at the rest of the schools, like within our district, we're talking about uh, Central finished, like was our next finisher, and then Odessa High, and then uh, Legacy. Um, mm -hmm. So of the 15 bands, Legacy was number 13. Uh, it's uh, finished almost like one better than last year. So there's that. Um, but, you know, 13. That's where they were. Um, sure. While everyone else was better. And so uh, they stayed, which I'm, I'm really quite grateful, glad. But even before that, so they do the announcements, and it's like two and a half hours before prelims, or before the final start. And again, we have nowhere to go. I don't even know where Midland High went, but we had nowhere to go. We were orphaned. We couldn't even go and chill and hang out on our buses. So we decided <laughs> that the best places for us to go was just to stay where we were, because at least we had seats. So we just stayed in the stadium. Oh, sorry. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. No, you're right. I, I think, feel some you, kind you of way about that. Bad luck with, with buses whenever you're on trips. They never seem to really go your way. Well, but this wasn't <laughs> the buses' fault. I mean, they would if if they were allowed to stay and chill. Then oh, they, they told would them to leave. Yeah, they didn't have a choice. Oh, this was I, the did you say the understanding? Oh, uh, well, yeah. I was because I was talking about how how the parking lot was under construction. Right. So there was okay. nowhere to put these buses That's... at the site. Okay, gotcha. So going into it, we were disadvantaged because we we traveled all this way and we don't have a, a school to go back to. Uh, the El Paso schools all went back to their campus. Mm -hmm. And here we are stuck at the stadium. Partly because we don't have anywhere to go, but can't even just go in the hang and chill out on our bus because the buses are who knows where. And, uh, you know, and, and they, they could just go in and park somewhere randomly because, you know, we just we got to be at the stadium. So right. we just chill and hang out in the stands. And that became a zoo. Like, we almost completely lost it because then all the directors are listening to comments to, to the comments from the judges and everything. We're trying to figure out what is it going to take for us to get better. Because the same five judges who just heard us in prelims are our judges once again in the finals. Four of them have switched judging like positions. So there are three judges that judge music and two judges that judge visual. So two of those, two visual judges will now be judging music, and two of those music judges will be judging visual. Well, the one judge that stayed the same happened to be the one judge that scored us the lowest. 
And he scored his fifth place in music. And so Dang. that was already, yeah, that was nerve wracking. Like he didn't even think that we deserve in the prelims. He didn't think that we were a band worthy of going to state. And he's going to be the one judge that stays on his caption. So that was a little nerve wracking. So, you know, we're definitely listening to his comments and what he can suggest to make it better and everything. And, uh, Meanwhile, the kids are just like going buck wild in the stands. Like they're everywhere. You know, we we just want them to be in this section. We said, and the bathrooms are over there. Well, they took off for concession stand. They have food trucks at this stadium. Uh, clear on the other side. And these mm-hmm. kids were at the food trucks. Their parents were bringing them things from the food truck over to where we were. Like, break, just breaking all the rules. It was complete chaos. And the whole time, you know, the judges are up in the press box watching us because we're literally the only band still in the stadium. We're the only people still in the stadium. And so it's just like this it, this image thing that was just kind of spun out of control. But, and, you know, we, we ended up having to call down our leadership team which is, you know, the upperclassmen and everyone who's a section leader or, you know, things like that. And, you know, Whitaker got on to him. It was just like, you lost control of this whole thing. We're trying to listen to tapes and, and trying to get the band better. And meanwhile, it's a it's an absolute mob up here. This looks awful. And are these kids going to be focused enough to go back and give a finals performance? Because... Let me remind you all, you're not winning right now. Our goal is to win the area, not to just go to state. We want we, you know, we, we went down there as the defending champions. We plan to leave there as the defending champions. So had that leadership meeting, the leadership team got with their sections and everything and kind of got them together. And so then it was finally time for us to go back out and go back and get our instruments and everything, kind of get back going. Mm. So uh, we did that and everything and, and uh, tried to just get refocused. So we spent our warm-up time, you know, really trying to refocus and recenter and talk about what we're trying to do here and how if we wanted, if we were at this point, because, again, the judges were, as they were having their dinner, they're watching us go crazy in the stands. And they're probably questioning, we said that they were questioning our desire to do this. They were questioning our want. So we had to go out and prove <coughs> excuse me, that we wanted to win. That we wanted to be the area champions. Uh, that we really wanted to go to state. Uh, and so we we're just like, look, if you're going to perform, you got to you got to show them how bad you want it. You got to go out there and you got to really give it your absolute all. You have to pay attention to these little details. We're talking about the little marching thing that the judges had had commented on. You know, the movement things, just all just all the little things that were keeping us from being out of first place. And uh, you know, the kids really refocused. They super refocused. We moved back in the stadium. The band that they had ranked before us, El Paso Coronado, went right before us. 
they did this show about space and the legacy people would have lost their complete shit because, you know, they're already mad about the performance tops that legacy wore. Well, mm-hmm. these kids were out there in full astronaut suits. <laughs> oh, really? Like, full astronaut suits with a NASA sticker and everything. And so uh, no school colors anywhere. Uh, they did this show that spray. They had this random car that was supposed to be like a lunar rover at the end that drove around on the field. And they're like, we have landed, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. It was just weird. It was such a weird show. <laughs> I, would, I would like to say it was entertaining, but it wasn't. It was just weird. The uh-huh. music was weird. Everything about it was just weird. But, you know, apparently they the judges kind of liked it from the beginning. They, they liked the weird, I guess. But uh, anyway, they were before us, and, and I, I liked that because then right immediately afterwards they could see us. And so they got to make a, a comparison, a very quick comparison in their head of which one of these do we like more. And our kids went out there and they performed the holy hell out of that show. They gave it everything. And it was so good. And I felt it had so much more energy even than the first time. And we're talking about kids who had been just sitting around in the stadium who really didn't have the the right rest and downtime, like any kind of comfortable rest or downtime. Because we're sitting in a stadium. It was an overcast day. And so, you know, kids are, while it's not bright and sunny, you know, they're still getting sunburned because you burn more in an overcast day than you do in a just bright, sunny, direct Sunday. So, you know, that's affecting the kids. And they still went out there. They were just incredible. They were, they were absolutely incredible. So, you know, we're leaving the field and, and there's video talking about uh, the boosters took of, you know, how do you know the show went well? And the directors were just like, after, when they were done, we we're just losing our minds. Like, so excited there on the sidelines and everything. And, you know, held them back and held back our parents and let the kids have their moment on the field before we, we rushed out and got the equipment so that they could just take in the applause. And one of the things that I have to just absolutely commend is that the Permian faithful went to El Paso. They freaking showed up. We It was loud, even in prelims. They, they were chanting mojo, and, I mean, we had a very large crowd that was very supportive. And then, in, you know, once we got to finals and people had seen us, they, you know, people who liked the show, really liked the show. So they were being supportive. And and I don't know if Legacy's band was up there cheering for us, but it felt like they were. It felt like they were up there being super supportive. Um, everyone in the stands, it just it was just wild energy. It was band, it was band contest energy. And uh, I feel like we really won the crowd. And so, you know, we're we're done and everything. Uh, the kids are putting up. I, I snuck back into the stadium and went into the stands because I really want to see Midland High. They went uh, two bands after us. There was a band 
right after us, and then it was moved on by. So I wanted to make sure that I got a chance to see them in finals performance. And they were great. They were absolutely great. Like, I just love the way that show sets up and starts with the grandma that's screaming, and then it goes right into that big swan lake hit. It's just, it's so good. And uh, the acting and storytelling uh, that goes on while the band is performing, it's just it's so good. It's just so good. And obviously, I was not the only one who felt that way. So <laughs> here you go. at the end of the whole thing, they're doing the countdown. And there's video of this on my Facebook. Um, our principal, I have to talk about her for a second, Dr. Delisa Stiles was the principal at Permian High School, went all the way to El Paso for the contest. She, I guess she went alone, um, but she was there for prelims, and she was sweating it out with us as we were waiting for the results. Of course, the directors knew a little bit ahead of time because the head director texted us, let us know, okay, hey, um, this is where we were, gave us the, the rundown and everything, uh, showed that we were told us we were tied with Coronado, but uh, on second place because of judges' preference. So we knew that all that stuff before it was announced in the state. So uh, at the end of the whole thing, we're, we're going to, we're, we're sitting there, we're waiting in the stand. Memo High ends up sitting right directly next to us. Uh, it was pretty cool. I took a, a picture of that at the end of the celebration both of the bands right next to each other. Um, but they go down and, and they give the order. And before all that happened, you know, we're all sweating it out. And, and Jeff, he usually, you know, again, he texts us and always lets us know. But it was taking forever for the text to get there, like, like forever. And they were about to start the announcements. That, you know, drum majors were coming out. And we still don't know anything Dr. Stiles, is, she's just like a nervous wreck. And so uh, she and I were talking and everything. She was just like, how do you, what do you think? What, did, you know, are we going to make it to state? Are we going to do this? And I was just like, oh, yeah, we're going to make state. I said, I, I really don't doubt that at all. Um, the question is, are we going to win the area? And I told her, I said, the goal here uh, for us was not just make it to state, but we wanted to win this contest. We want to be the Area A champions. And that part, I said, I don't know. I, it's up to the judges. I don't know. I feel good about what we did. But I, based on what, how the judges saw it last time, I just don't know. So she was just like, oh, well, in that case, if you feel like we're going to make it, let me go down. Uh, let me go downstairs, and I want to record the reactions of everything. So she did. And uh, that's the video that was posted was directly from Dr. Stiles. And so, again, I, I just appreciate her for making the trip. You know, I don't know that many other, I don't know that any of the other principals um, made the trip. I know an assistant principal with, with Danville Central did. Uh, she happens to be one of their former band directors and has moved into administrative position. Um, but she was there. But I don't know of any other administrators that made the trip like that. So... Very appreciative of Dr. Stiles. That's just, she's, she is such a class act and just a wonderful person and an incredible leader. Um, anyway, let me, let me go on. 
So they announced the bands, seventh place, uh, East, whatever it was, East Lakewood, whatever. Uh, in sixth place, <laughs> I don't know what it is. Whatever. Something. <laughs> whatever. Um, in sixth place, Montwood. And a few years ago, back in 2018, uh, at an area contest that was hosted at Radlow Stadium, Montwood beat us out for the second spot. At that time, it was only two bands advancing from our area. And Montwood beat us out for that second spot in like just a few tenths of a point type of a situation. And we ended up not getting to go to state. It was heartbreaking. Mm. And at when was this? This was in 2018. 18, okay. Yeah, this was in 18. You were working with them in 18? I've been working with them since 15. That's oh, when I moved okay. back into Midland. When I moved back into town. And everyone's like, why Permian? How in the world did you end up with Permian? Well, I keep talking about Jeff Whitaker. He is my best friend. And uh, when I told him that I was moving back to the basin, he made it very clear. He was just like, if you work for anybody but me, I'll never talk to you again. <laughs> and I was just like, well, I guess I'm going to be Mojo now. And uh, I remember when I posted for the first time on Facebook that I was with Mojo, I posted their seventh flag over Texas sign, uh, big, big flag and everything, and that I'm now on Team Mojo. And uh, just all the lead people were so angry. <laughs> they were so <laughs> mad. They're just like, because, you know, that's an intense rivalry that's been there for forever. Um, since day one of those schools opening, because they opened like in the same year. And so uh, people were just like, you're Benedict Arnold. You could have gone anywhere. You're Benedict and Arnold. Why, <laughs> yeah, why, why did you go to, to, to Permian? You, you could have at least gone to Midland High. You know, if you're not going to go back to Lee, you could have went to Midland High and it wouldn't have been so bad. How dare you go to Permian, blah, 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 blah. So I heard all of that stuff. And then Permian started kicking butt and was winning all the time. I'm just like, well, I mean, hello. I want to <laughs> be said part of something good. If I like anything, I like winning. <laughs> yeah, okay, right? <laughs> I like to win. Sorry. It's <laughs> so uh, Anyway, you know, now no one gives a second of thought because uh, I am firmly on Team Mojo, and I have been, you know, for since 2015. Uh, I've been completely sold out into to the black and white. I, I love it there. I absolutely love everything about what's going on at Perth. Um. Anyway, and so in fifth place, uh, who was fifth place? Oh, fifth place, Friendship High School which that was like the first shocking announcement because previously friendship was third. So they're not, now they are not going to stay. Then they say in fourth place, Coronado high school. And that's the, when the realization of we're going to state because everyone knows that three bands go to state. So Midland high is they're They're all excited. You know, they're instantly happy and, our kids are instantly happy because now you know. You know you're going to stay. But then again, you know, our kids are not overly excited because we had a goal. We wanted to win the area contest. In uh, third place, Pebble Hills High School. 
And then so that's when the feel that, real. Yeah, now it's starting to be like, well, okay. <laughs> so the middle high kids are looking over at the primary kids, the primary kids looking at the middle high kids, and it's like <laughs> okay. And then they said in second place, Midland High School. And they just lost it. I mean, as they should. Oh, my gosh. Second place where last year they were third. They barely got in the door last year. And now they're firmly in the door. They are planted as one of the top schools in this in this area, in Area A. And uh, I just, oh, my gosh. I was so excited for them. So excited for their staff and like that was just that was the biggest surprise of the entire contest was that not that Midland High made to state, but they were second place. Then they yeah. announced Perkins in his first place. And just the joy from both sides of those the aisles there and seeing, you know, both sets of kids so incredibly happy and happy for each other. Like the Permian kids were genuinely happy for Midland High, for being second place. That means that, you know, we all knew what that meant for the Permian Basin as a whole. The Permian Basin was now first and second in this thing. Uh, before it, you know, it was it was friendship, which was cool for the district, but they're not the Permian Basin. You know, they're not mm-hmm. the neighbors. Yeah. And so the neighbors, the na- now the neighbors are second place. And uh, that's a big deal. That's a, a huge deal in the band world. And, uh, I'm just so proud of both programs. Um, I continue to be proud of my friend Brian Collins, who is the head director at Midland High School. Uh, he has grinded for so long, for so long. And for him to now, you know, get his flowers, he is, he is, he's a. Yeah, he was he's band director when I was there. Yeah. Um, he was the band director in waiting, and he was supposed to have taken over Lee High School. But Mr. Story wouldn't retire. He wouldn't let go. <laughs> and so the, uh, the Midland High School job had become open. And they were just like, well, Mr. Collins, you're next up. Uh, I know that, you know, the plan was for you to be Lee, but here it is. You get the first option. Do you want to wait? Are, are you ready to do this? And at that time, you know, who knows? Nobody knew when Randy was going to finally let it go. So he's just like, okay, I'll do this. I will become a Bulldog. I, you know, his whole life, he went to went to Lee High School. He graduated from there. Um, everything that he knew was about being a rebel, but he became a Bulldog. And uh, he single-handedly, well, with a great staff, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, they changed that program, and they made that program into something that was really, really good. And fortunately, he did have some – he had some some good pieces to, to follow up. Um, Gary Doherty, who was before him, had developed the Bulldog Band into a good program. And uh, Brian just – he just took it, and he made it his own, and – um, once both of his kids um, grew up and, and were in the program, like his son, uh, Wyatt, is a senior this year. His daughter, Addison, is a junior. And uh, to be able to have both of his kids in this band and, and have it be so successful 
it's just it's a testament to him and uh, the strength of the program and what the will of the program. So I'm I'm just so happy for Bidlam High. Um, I am too. Of course, I'm happy for Permian. We accomplished the goal. We accomplished that goal. But it's not done yet. Because we now we get to go to San Antonio. And the goals are different. We don't want to go to San Antonio and be last place. Um, that was the story for Midland High last year. They were just so happy to be there. But once they got there, it was just, you know, we were just so happy to be there. Well, now we got to do something. Now that we're here, let's go and do something. So that's the challenge, my challenge to the Midland High uh, kids and to the Midland High folks is don't be just satisfied and happy to be there. You're the second place band now, and that's a higher expectation. So go there and go and kick butt. Go be better than last place because you are a band that's better than last place. You need to show that. You have a show. You have music that's better than last place. For Permian, the goal is a little bit different. Last year, we finished 29th. It's our highest finish since Whitaker's been there. But now, we need to be higher than that. It would be awesome if we were a finals band. There are 43 bands that are going to be there. I think like 17, 18 maybe, go into the finals. Um, it would be incredible if we were one of those bands. I just don't know if that's a realistic goal yet. Uh, but we're certainly building in that direction, and the show is definitely good enough to, to battle with anybody. Uh, I just know that we have to be better than 29. And so we're going to fight. We're going to scrap. We're going to do everything we can to be better than 29. And uh, that means it's still a lot of hard work. And we had a stadium rehearsal last night that I don't feel like, you know, being honest, I don't feel like the kids did work as hard as they could have. I'm really kind of nervous about what's going to happen because they didn't show it. They, 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 they practiced like they were complacent. Mm-hmm. And that makes me very nervous about where we're going to shake out in San Antonio. Because I don't want to just go to go. If we're going to go, if we're going to keep doing this thing, it's going to be an every year thing. we got to get better. And I know the level of competition is what it is. But also on the level, of, as they're talking about, you know, bands that are great, some of these bands in, in, that are making this contest are looking at us and saying, mm-hmm. man, that Permian High School band is really good. We got to beat them. We got they're they're an example. That's what you want to have. You want to have the other bands look at you as the as the example. Because at this contest in El Paso, I guarantee you, every single one of those bands knew who we were, and every single one of those bands said we have to be better than Permian High School. We were the standard. But now we're going somewhere where we're, where our area, area A, as a matter of fact, is usually considering considered the joke of the entire state. Well, seriously? Uh, yeah, they don't respect us at all. I mean, There's I guess zero really, respect. I guess really nothing but Lee, um, when it was Lee, 
for those couple of years ever really did much of anything for a good like 20 years, right? Something like that. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, we would always represent Area A, but they felt like Area A wasn't really anything. No, yeah. it's it's a few schools out in El Paso, little oil schools in Midland, Odessa. You know, kind of like a couple uh, schools somebody here. has to win the. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, you're right. It's like somebody has to win from there. So, you know, but are they a contender? No, doubtful. So at some point, we have to change that image. We have to change that perception. We have to make people understand that we are legitimate and we are a force to be reckoned with. And Permian's tried to do that. You know, past couple of years, we went to the Duncanville tournament and made the finals there. We're beating a lot of schools in the Metroplex and placing, you know, in the, in the upper, you know, in, in that tournament. And that was eye-opening to a lot of people. Uh, to know that Permian is a legitimate, you know, a very legitimate thing. And so we have that opportunity uh, on on next week, on next Monday evening, uh, to go into the Alamo Dome and show that we are every bit of what everyone else is. And that even with our limited resources, you know, we don't have a whole billion people on staff. We don't have private lessons for all of our students. We don't have those things. But even without those things, we are a damn good program. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's what we're going to go and try and do on this next time. So next episode will be the state trip. And unfortunately, that will be the end of the whole competitive season. So Uh, the exciting conclusion of band. Wait, I'm sorry. Hold on. Band. Why would it be the end of it? Isn't there something right after that? I thought there was like a bigger competition. It was like, no, it's just Aryan oh. State, right? Oh, yeah, Aryan State. Yeah, State. Okay. State. I feel like that came really quick. So she said. I, I know, like right? Really quick. It did. It really did. And, uh, yeah, but we're we're here. We are at the end. This is this is oh, it. Sucks. I love fan season, man. <laughs> <laughs> There's not even like you guys don't do concert band and stuff. Like we don't even have a concert band or something. Well, yeah. There's concert band and all that stuff, but you know, as far as the whole overall marching band, you know, this is this is this is it. And who knows what if we'll make the playoffs? That's still. We have to win our last two games. Like I said uh, before, we have to beat Central this week, and we have to beat Midland High next week. And uh, we have to win those games in order to make the playoffs. That's a very daunting task. Not to say that we're not going to do it, but it's a it is a daunting task, and we will see if we're up for it. And if we do happen to win those teams, then guess where we're going in the first round of the playoffs? Back to uh-huh. El Paso. Oh boy. <laughs> So, yeah, so um, if we win, do we really win? Because we got to go back to El Paso. So, and don't nobody uh, we'll see to how that all Yeah, nobody wants to go to El Paso. Like, nobody wants to go to El Paso for any reason. It's just, you don't want to go to El Paso. It's just such a long trip. That's all. It's just, it's a really long trip. And it's not like there are amusement parks or anything like that fun to do in El Paso. It's just, it's El Paso. 
For they sure. had Taco Cabana there. That's cool. Ooh. I, <laughs> I, I like Chico's. I had Chico's once when I drove through there. I was like, okay, I kind of see what the hype is with this. It's pretty good. Right. But, uh, yeah, that's the band world. You know, we are the defending back-to-back Area A champions. And I'm so super proud of the kids. Um, that's super awesome. proud of my big cats. That was a, a major goal. We accomplished that major goal. But we're not done yet. And I'm not. I'm happy, but not satisfied. That is <laughs> one of our, our mottos and mantras for our band program. Say it all the time. We're happy, but not satisfied. So, um, I just want the kids to uh, they they hear this show. They definitely listen. I had a lot of conversations about about oh, the no. show and everything. <laughs> and so they definitely listen without question. What are um, they? What are they asking? The, <laughs> oh well. Of course, they all want to be on the show, including oh, the no. president, the, the student body president of Permian High School is one of our percussionists. Uh, I, I feel like, Hi, I feel like, and obviously Courtney, you know, I don't know if there's any school things here, but if y'all win or place like top three, Jay should get to come on the show and talk about his experience. Maybe. He definitely I don't know how that works with, with, uh, school and rules and stuff but well he is 18 okay so uh and he does a lot of media and and media relations type of things he is very well spoken i enjoy like i i always talk to him and call him mr president we talk Mm -hmm. about presidential things and and all that kind of stuff we have lengthy conversation jason's a good guy unfortunately he's a dallas cowboy fan so it's not perfect but uh, he know, probably just wasn't um, taught to, you know, he wasn't taught the right way. That's all. He, and he was brainwashed from beginning, like most of these kids, yeah. you know that you know, they they don't know any better. They just don't know. <laughs> but he's a good he's a good guy. He's a good kid, and and uh, if we do really well, if we accomplish the goal of being better than twenty nine, then you know I'm not going to say that we'll be top three or anything like that because I'm realistic. And I know, I know the competition. My yeah. God, Hebron's—it's—it's it's really down to Hebron and Vandergriff. Uh, one of those two will will win this tournament once again. But How are they? I think that not, we can. Not, oh, sorry, 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 sorry. You talk. My bad. No, go ahead. Ask your question. Just like, how are they so much? Like, I know it, may, it sounds like a dick question. I don't mean to come off the bat. How are they so much better than you guys? Like, what it, is it? Because, like you said, they have the private lessons and the resources and stuff like that, or what is it? I mean. <laughs> Resources. It the, it? Well, it's resources. It's their their individual. <coughs> excuse me. Really, it comes down to their individual musicianship. Individually, their musicians are so good. Like mm-hmm. everyone on the field would be first chair in in our band. Every single one of them. whoever's their last chair kid could probably be first chair in our band because they're so good at their instrument. They're so dedicated to musicianship. I question if any of those kids are involved in anything except for band. Like they eat, sleep, and breathe band. Um, Mm. Last year, we stayed at the same hotel as the Hebrew kids. And I swear they were like battery operated. These are not real children. (laughs) (laughs) They... They are, like they that? are artificial intelligence. 
They're just they're artificial intelligence. They're little drones. Um, it's just it's just such a different culture and a different world. And I think you know they're plus they get to experience luxuries, like our kids. That same hotel, we're freaking out because it was a really nice hotel. Whereas the Hebrew kids were just like, yeah, okay, this is just a place. <laughs> Last year, we got to stay at the Ritz-Carlton. Yeah, no, it's those type of <laughs> it's those type of things that are the difference in the programs. You guys need to have and that amazing underdog story. We do. We do. We absolutely do. And I think that if there's a show... Like, this is a show. Like, we have a lot. We are doing some really hard things musically. I think our woodwinds, we can put our woodwinds up against anyone. Our woodwinds are going to score major points. Our dance team, there is no dance team in America better than our dance team. I will put them up against anybody. Absolutely anybody. Mm -hmm. Panther Paws and our visual team, our color guard. Major, like all of them, the visual team, spectacular, spectacular. Uh, brass woodwind percussion, we just got to be better. Uh, woodwinds are pretty solid. They're they're going to score a lot of points. Um, you mean to come brass, talk to those trombones? Have a word with them. Well, you know the trombones, they have a few features. They have moments. That's one of the cool thing about this show. Is everybody has some moments. Everyone has musical moments to show off how good they are. Uh, mm-hmm. Even the tubas. There's a little tuba feature in our show. Um, everyone has moments. And we just have to execute all of our moments. If we do that, then who knows what we can do. We, we, it's a show that could make it into finals. That's awesome. This is a show that could make it into finals. But we just have to go and execute uh, past perfection. And if the kids can do that, if they can if they can just screw it on for eight minutes and just have the show of their life, then who knows? It's it's out of our hands, and who knows what we can be? But uh, we'll see. We'll see next week. To be, I'm excited. To be continued. I'm excited. Yes, but all of that is cool, it's but not it's not what's on my mind. <laughs> it's not, it's not a uh, what is on my mind this week I haven't talked about MISD in a while um, and this is something that just kind of recently came up because it came up as an issue at my school so there's been a heightened emphasis on taking care of discipline uh, the district just put out some sent out some emails talking about the number of fights across the district are down I saw that this year. yeah did you see that? that? You know, big deal. Yay, we're not fighting as much. We're getting in control. We're getting a hand on this. <laughs> we're taking care of this problem. Problem, problem. Well, in taking care of this problem, part of the issue is, you know, well, we, we've got to send kids to, to the alternative, you know, school. We have to send them to, to the discipline school whenever they're, they're bad. They've, they've got to face consequences. However, we've made it hard for them to do that. Uh, because of shortages in transportation, there's no longer bus service that picks them up at school and takes them to the DEAP or to MAP. They don't do that anymore. 
they say that we have to create some hardships on the parents, make it hard for the parents to get to, uh, so that they can suffer and, and they're not they're <laughs> not going to want their kids to, to be in these situations. So they're going to parent tougher, all this kind of stuff. However, you know, there's 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 logic there. However, if a parent already is having to put their kid on a bus to send them to school, do you think that they're going to now all of a sudden be able to drive their kid to the detention center for school? Like they're going to magically have another resource that they already didn't have? And the expectation is if they don't go to this, then they stay at home and they're counted absent and these days don't go away. And so now, you know, we're, we're so focused, the district is so focused on attendance as being a major issue, but you're creating an attendance issue because you're not letting these kids come back to school, but they have no way to get to, to where they're supposed to be. And so are we really solving any problems here by taking away the transportation option. And it's something like, you know, I look at all the cuts and everything that we do. I look at all the budget stuff that we do. And is this something that we can really, I mean, I think we can afford a bus to go to, <laughs> to schools and pick up kids and take them to detention centers. I think that that's, that's probably workable in a budget. And I think about, you know, just today, uh, at central office at the main administration building, they fed the entire staff there uh, a tailgate lunch because it's rival. Mm-hmm. And how much did that cost versus the cost of taking kids to, to where they need to be? And so I think if we, you know, it, I, it upsets me that we have this focus on attendance, which to me, if that's what we're going to do, if we're not going to take care of these things and not provide the proper transportation to get kids where they need to be, then it's a pretend focus on attendance. It's fake. For sure. Absolutely. But we're going to, do, we're going to spend the money on this tailgate stuff to make everyone else you know, feel happy or good or whatever about whatever. Um, I just don't get it. And that it, it just it, it makes me upset. And I know the whole thing is about, well, we don't want any kids to be in DAP, but at the same time, we have to be firm on discipline. So it's a catch-22. Like, what the hell do you do? Mm-hmm. And for these, and again, for the parent who tells us, I go to work at 6 in the morning. I don't even see my kids off to school. My elementary kids have to get themselves ready and go and catch the bus so that they can go to school every day. And those same kids are responsible for themselves getting to school. And they do. But one of these kids got in trouble. And the, the trouble he got, it's legitimate. The reason why he's, he's in DAP is it's legitimate. And so, but now we're telling him that he can't serve it out because he can't get there and that he can't do in-school suspension because the rules say that you can do in-school suspension, ISS, for only three days. And after that, 
can't do it anymore. Mm. So we can't put him back in the classroom because he hasn't served all the discipline things. He's already we've already done ISS. Like this is the second time this year. It's not like this was the first offense and he's going to to DAP. This is the you know multiple offenses this semester. It, including the multiple offenses from the previous year. Like we have to put we I get it. We have to put, do a discipline. We have to do a hard discipline. But my God, why are we making it so damn hard on parents who are trying their damnedest to make it work? But yeah. we're still trying to make it so hard and be so thoughtless about the I whole agree. situation. I'm, I'm frustrated because this is one of those things where, to me, the clear fix is, is get a damn bus and pick up the damn kids. However, we're not taking that step. And I just don't understand why. I don't get the why. And, and, and somebody wants to tell me that, well, we've got to be tougher on these parents so that they can discipline, blah, blah, blah. Well, tell that to the single mother who's, who doesn't even get to see her kids off to school because she's trying to work and provide. That's already pretty damn tough. But that, Damien, is what's on my mind. I like it. It's a good. It's a good soapbox issue. I like it a lot. Because um, you know, I'll sit here with you and, and talk about school ineptitudes all day, every day. But um, you think it's a, an excuse of like resources, or you think it's um, things? Can you please? Thank you. Okay. Um, or do you think it's like uh, you really just think they're just being like I don't know, petty's the word, but you know, a little bit resources? of resources. They don't want to invest the money in it. Well, it's a little bit of both. I know that we do have a, a driver shortage. You know, I know that that's very real. Um, I know that that's very real. And so one of the ways that they felt like they could deal with this driver shortage is to remove one of these, remove one route. And this was the route that they chose to remove. Um, I just need to, I need people to understand the consequence of that decision. This is where we are. So how do we fix it? If this is what it is, how do we fix it? What do we do? And this is where I need them. I need someone in the district to provide a solution because they don't have one. Their, their solution was, well, the kid can't go back to campus. He can't continue to serve in, in school suspension. You can't keep him there. You can, you can send him home for off-campus suspension, but when you look at that, in this situation, he would be home alone, not doing anything at all, definitely not in a learning environment. Is that beneficial? Yeah. <laughs> Who does that help? How does yeah. that make anything better? So I don't know what to do. I just don't know what to do. And I need somebody to provide an answer. Provide me with a, a real-life solution that would fix and remedy this situation. And we are definitely open for it. So, you know, this is a call out to anybody, anybody out there. If you have a solution to this, please, for Christ's sake, let me know. Because I know that we're not the only school who's in this situation. Um, I was having this conversation. We had our liaison meeting today. And most of our schools are Title I schools. 
Title I meaning more than 50% of the student population qualify for free or reduced lunch. Most of the MISD campuses are Title I campuses. So that means that this situation that we're in is more common than not all in all the schools. So I'm sure that we're not the only ones that are faced with something like this. So I'm asking for, on behalf of all of us, what do we do? How do we fix it? How do we get this kid where he needs to go so that he can get the discipline he needs to get and the corrective discipline so that we can make him, uh, get him back into our school population and get him back on the right road to success? What do we do? I, I, need, I need solutions, I need answers. Email me, call me, call our principal, call both of our principals, you know, our AP. Like we were, I was in our principal's office. Uh, shout out to Mr. Salgado. He's just been spotlighted by MISD as being one of uh, the spotlight principals. They did a really nice write-up about him. Uh, I'm super happy. I, I, I love that guy. Of working for him, um, he is a legitimate leader, and I really appreciate him. Uh, I was in his office. We were we were talking about different things, and, and our this is when our assistant principal came in, and, and she was came came in with this dilemma, and she was just like, I don't know what to do. So he had her call downtown to you know our main boss, their main boss. She's the one who was just like, well, he can't stay there. He can't continue to do ISS. And the options are either he, he, well, he can't come back to the campus or he goes to ISS or he goes to DAP and serves the suspension. And, we're just, and she didn't give a solution. She, you know, tell her mm-hmm. she didn't give a solution. So I just want to know, what, what can we do? That is beyond. That is beyond my reckoning. At least, right off the top of my head, I could probably sit here and think of something. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. Interesting stuff. So, if anyone comes up with anything cool, let me know. Maybe Canada these has some not, ideas for us. Right. Right. These are not things that millennials have to deal with at this right at this time. But Damien, maybe you can let us know what the millennials are doing. Know what the millennials are. God damn, we're already at an hour and a half. <laughs> I know. These I banned episodes, baby. Oh, I'm not complaining about it. I know. I'm not complaining about it. I just didn't realize. <laughs> um, I know. I so just, as just... I was as I was making the transition, I looked down. And I was just like, oh, okay. Well, screw it. Here we go. Yeah. No, I, I could care less. I just didn't realize we've been talking that long. Um, I am here to complete the saga. America has a new house speaker. And let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. So, let me just... <sighs> so, Louisiana Representative Mike Johnson has been elected Speaker of the House of Representatives. So, for anybody... What's up? I said Mike Jones. 
<laughs> so for anybody who read that and went, who? Exactly. Um, Mike Johnson can be described as nothing short of a Trump lackey. Um, he is the fourth candidate that Republicans put up for Speaker of the House. Fourth time is the charm, I suppose. He won on a vote of 220 for Johnson, 209 for Hakeem Jeffries. He got a unanimous GOP support. So even all the crazies that voted out, McCarthy voted for the man. Um, just a couple of factoids I pulled from CNN. The speaker was a key congressional figure in the failed efforts to overturn the 2020 election for former President Donald Trump. He sent an email from a personal account in 2020 to every House Republican soliciting signatures for an anarchist brief in the long shot Texas lawsuit seeking to invalidate electoral college votes from multiple states. So we have an election truth. Powerful man, the House of Representatives. We love that. Um, <laughs> he uh, he has now also sent over a list of uh, he basically sent a letter to all members of the House um, stating his agenda through the next year or so. We're just going to blast through that. So Week of October 23rd, there's a bill on energy and water. Week of October 30th, Legislative Branch and Interior and Environment, THUD. October through November agenda is past Chairman McCall's resolution condemning Hamas. I love that. Reach consensus for a legislative blueprint through the end of the 118th Congress. Pass all appropriations bills and begin, ne- begin negotiating with the White House and Senate. Begin conference negotiations with the Senate on the FY24 NDAA. I know who that is. <laughs> I think that's the budget. I think that's the budget. Fiscal year 2024, something, something. Begin negotiating on the FAA reauthorization as soon as the Senate passes it. Return to legislating and effectively messaging on our top issues and priorities. December, continue go negotiating the new budget. Pass the farm bill and await Senate actions. January through April, uh, more budget stuff. Build a conference consensus regarding a 2025 budget and pass that early, which I actually really like that. Um, instead of waiting till the last minute and, oh my God, it shut down. Uh, let's get it done really early. I do like that. August. Interesting. It says in all caps, do not break for district work, period, unless all 12 appropriation bills have passed the House. So what he's basically saying is, unless we've passed our agenda, ain't nobody going home and campaigning for November. I kind of like it. I don't like the guy, don't get me wrong, but I kind of like it. Uh, September, wrap up negotiations with the White House and Senate on appropriations. I'm in October through December. Expand our majority. Literally in all caps. Expand our majority. Complete any outstanding legislative items. And that is what the speaker has in store. I just ripped my headphone out for the 118th Congress. Um, it's interesting. Man with the plan. Man with a little more backbone than McCarthy. I don't like him. Like, it sounds really, really weird, but I feel very strongly, like politically. The way a man speaks and the way a man like kind of carries himself presents kind of everything you need to know. Like Tip O'Neill, I know he's a really old historical figure. If you ever watch videos of Tip O'Neill, that man meant business. John Boehner, not a fan of him, 
that man meant business, right? Nancy Pelosi, not a fan of her, but that woman meant business. This dude just kind of looks like a little squirmy, like, what is he doing here? This is the guy we picked. I don't know. It's odd. He doesn't really strike me as anybody especially, like, impressive in any way, shape, or form to be the most powerful member of the House of Representatives, but... We finally have a little bit of stability restored to the government, and I'm excited at the very least to see where that goes. I mean, it's it's uh, it's better than what we've been doing, especially when they're oppressing world issues like the war going on in Israel right now. Obviously, the war still going on in Ukraine. Russia's doing, or I mean, China's doing what China does. We don't have a government budget pass. There's a lot of issues going on. The government needs to to uh, figure itself out on, and uh, we we needed a speaker of the house. So. I was hoping for Hakeem Jeffries. Obviously, the Republicans were not going to let that happen. And so we now have Mike Johnson from Louisiana. No, I, I am always a little nervous when anyone from Louisiana is in charge of anything. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> I, can't disagree. I, can't, I can't disagree at all. <laughs> I, I'm a little nervous about that. Um, but you're right. There's finally some stability, and we have some direction. So there's that's a plus. And uh, we'll see where it goes. I'm I'm surprised that they did rally around this guy. I think part of why they did is because the image and the feedback from the people of their party, uh, especially on the outside of the walls, was telling them how stupid they looked. <laughs> and yeah. they knew that they were they were starting to lose their base. They were starting to lose base support because of how idiotic they were and petty. And so uh, I think Mike, I keep on calling Mike Jones. <laughs> Mike, <laughs> Mike Johnson. Uh, Johnson. There we go. Mike Johnson. Johnson. Yeah, Mike Johnson. He became. He was. He was in the right place at the right time. And he became the guy. And we'll see because I'm almost certain that they, the we can vote you out clause still exists. <laughs> and so I'm sure he's going to do something. He's going to piss off that little, that little group. And they're going to try and get rid of him again. You know, that, that's as long as that, that condition exists, you know, we'll continue to go down this road. It's very petty. But I can see it happening again. There's not yeah. really a reason for it not to. But uh, good luck, Mike Johnson from Louisiana. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I wish you luck. I hope that you can actually govern our country and, and we can get some things accomplished. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean. I agree with you, but we will. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Good moment. Thank you for, uh, you know, helping us see the global picture again. I'm glad that the millennials are concerned about these things. You know, a lot of us old people are just jaded and just like, you know, whatever. Okay. Oh, dude, I'm pretty jaded myself, but <laughs> <laughs> I have, um, I have no one to cuss out this week. So if I don't have anybody to cuss out or rant about, y'all will probably get some kind of world update that I find interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
That was sad poem. He's feeling a little too upbeat or tired to write a sad poem. So tired, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Even my happy oh, poems, yeah. you never considered sad. So are you considered sad? So I can't really. Uh, I don't know. I can't win with you, man. Wait, you've had happy poems. I have, and you didn't consider them happy because they were still sad. <laughs> like your level were. of happy is still sad. <laughs> it's not as sad. I, I... <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk some sports. <laughs> no, we're not going to. Oh, yeah, we have to go. Oh, God, we still have to record that show. Uh, <laughs> it's like, wait, we don't sure do, do that here. Wait, what? Yep. Uh, <laughs> um, anyway, folks, good listeners, good Canadian, good Weight Waters, we appreciate you listening to this show. Uh, thank you for letting us just rant and rave about this, that, and the other. Um, I hope that you get excited about band season and marching season, uh, wherever you are. Uh, find your local bands. Find uh, find out who, who went to state and represented your area. Um, I heard a podcast, and I heard the list, and there are some really incredible bands. There are some bands that are going back to the state marching contest who haven't been in a long time. So check that stuff out. Be involved in your in your local scene. And um, thank you for listening to this show. Make sure that you like, subscribe, and share this show. Share it with your friends. Uh, if you have friends that are going on long road trips and they need something to listen to, well, we are a great long road trip show because, my goodness, our shows are just getting longer and longer. But that's okay. Y'all need to clean your, your funky houses and listen to us while you clean. There you go. Whatever you need to do, just we are the we are the backdrop you need. We are the soundtrack for your life. Uh, anyway, uh, good folks, <laughs> thank you for listening. Good Canadians, love you guys. Keep cranking out the maple syrup. It's getting cold. We need to uh, <laughs> keep the keep the the moose away. I know that this is their mating the season. Moose. So, no, keep stay stay vigilant. Good Canadians, stay vigilant. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, <laughs> make me laugh anyway folks until next time later